welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. So, um, the Tony Pulis era at Sheffield Wednesday continues. We've got two games to look back on. We didn't, we didn't really know what to make of these two games because uh, obviously there'd, there'd been, you know, kind of uh, two away games for Tony Pulis to start. One of them was a little bit of a write-off with an early sending off. So we thought we'd get a, a bit more of an idea as to what the Tony Pulis era has in store from these games at home. Um, shall we uh, shall we, shall we kind of uh, lay out at this point that let's hope that the Stoke game is not an insight into... Uh, what the Tony Pulis era does have for us, because I mean, give us an you—you you were there, you saw it in with your own eyes. Give us an idea of just how boring it was. It was dire. It was shocking. The, and the number of journalists that I spoke to, um, and broadcasters who described it as the worst football match they've ever seen. Uh, M- Michael Gray, former Wednesday player, was working for Talksport, and he said that probably I think the worst he's seen in a decade, something like that. I mean, that's that's yeah. going some, isn't it? That's yeah. that's really, 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 really bad. And Paul why, Walker, why? Why? Uh, why was you so bad? Paul Walker, who was there for Quest, formerly of BBC Radio Sheffield, uh, yeah, he also commented on how bad it was. Um, Yes. Just two teams that um, cancelled each other out. Um, we we really got, I think, um, more of a um, an insight into the limitations of this Sheffield Wednesday team right now, and it's pretty clear the intentions and the way that Tony Pewis has set his store out, uh, which is he's come in uh, and he's going to shut up shop, and defensively Wednesday start with a clean sheet and they're going to try and keep a clean sheet uh, and so far we've seen that defensively there have been signs of improvement there, they've only conceded three in his four matches uh, and when you bear in mind that in two of those they've had men sent off and that I suppose it's it's almost been job done from him from that that point of view. But yeah, attacking wise, Wednesday never really got going, and I thought they were against Stoke overly reliant on Kadeem Harris, who was the only bright spark. If anyone was going to make anything happen against Stoke, then it was going to come from Kadeem Harris. Uh, and so it was a really good return, I thought, for him. It's still the frustrating end product, that decision-making in the final third. Um, so I, I definitely get where some people come from, where um, his critics will say he does flatter to deceive. But I, did, I thought that, no, he was the one, really. He was the outlet for Wednesday. But um, until they get reinforcements at the top end of the, the pitch, James, I'm afraid this is where we are and this is what Wednesday are going to be until January. Uh, And it's muddling through until January. It's it's a fairly awful thought, isn't it? Because, you know, it it was a bad game. There were people listening to this who, you know, they don't need us to tell them how bad a game it was because they sat through watching it themselves. And uh, it, it wasn't a classic by any stretch of anyone's imagination. But, to, to take the positives from it, you know, it's hard to kind of say, oh, you know, it was a game we would have lost 
a month ago, two months ago. You, you can't really say that. But the that philosophy of, look, you start with a point, so you protect that point, and anything you get on top of that is a bonus, is, is fairly clear to see. And when we talk about limitations of this squad, and, and particularly the players that are available, so limitations of this team, to be more specific, that that is probably the only way that we can go about it, because we haven't got the sort of you know exciting, attacking, fast team that, that we've seen in, in seasons gone by at, at Essex. What we've got is uh, a, a fairly wonky, leaky defence that we've had to kind of patch up and make do a little bit, but is is sort of doing the job in terms of the fact that, that it, it's not collapsing. You know, we're not losing games that maybe we would have done in in games gone by. So you you can see where the logic is, but that thought of is this what we're going to have now for for the for the next few. Well, probably the next couple of months before we're actually able to start piecing together the sort of team that that can go and win games. That's a, difficult to come to terms with that idea. It is, but when's in a relegation scrap, James? And um, I, I think we've bemoaned earlier this year loads of times of how Wednesday crumbled, were too easy to be, and when they conceded one, they capitulated. And uh, yeah, I know we'll come on to ready more detail in a little bit but you know what we got there was was character and true grit and players putting their bodies on the line um but yeah from stoke of course i would have liked to have seen more attacking ambition um i also think that if supporters were in the ground i can't see them tolerating that style for too long um it, it's got to be a bit more front foot he doesn't have the personnel, though, really, to cut teams and, and blow teams away. You know, this is a Wednesday team that is not set up right now to score two, three, four goals in a match. They're, they're just not. They don't have the players. Um, and so, uh, you know, he's been dealt a, a tough hand, hasn't he, uh, Tony Pulis? And as he keeps saying, it's, it is going to be a, a tough gig and it's a long road back for Wednesday. Um, and let's not forget against Stoke, they could have lost it late on had it not been for a good save from Joe Wildsmith. Uh, so I, uh, I also think we've got to say, James, for balance, that look at who Wednesday played in the last three matches. They played against three teams in the top eight of the championship. Uh, and, and so I think it would have been foolish for Wednesday to not show a certain level of respect to them. And they've played some very good footballing sides, particularly in Swansea and Reading's case. So, uh, yeah, I, I think when you throw it all into the melting pot, you, you get um, the sort of situation Wednesday are in now where um, they don't have the forwards. They just don't have the forwards that are going to do a lot of damage in this league right now. And, and of course, the big talking point from Stoke was Jordan Rhodes coming on as a sub and then being taken off uh, with five, ten minutes to yeah. go. And that, and that was very telling. And then he didn't come on at all the other night um, against Reading. So we're back to the usual, uh, you know, where are we with Jordan Rhodes? Where do we go from here? And um, It may be that Jordan Rhodes is someone that Wednesday are going to be pushing and looking hard to try and offload in January. Well, I mean, it's kind of groundhog day this, isn't it? We've been here on several occasions where we've talked about 
you know, is this the the death knoll for Jordan Rhodes' Wednesday career? And then sat here on several other occasions saying, is this now the opportunity for Jordan Rhodes to maybe show what he can do? And we thought with Tony Pulis coming in that that it might be. And um, particularly with him talking about, you know, kind of square pegs in square holes when it comes to strikers and attackers, you kind of think, all right, maybe it is. Clearly something is is really not working there for, for Tony Pulis and, and you know, Fair to say, John Rhodes didn't do a huge amount when he was on the pitch, but you don't see it very often, do you? Where someone comes on as substitute and he, and he's then substituted, and you, you could kind of see in John Rhodes's face kind of how he was quite taken aback, quite surprised, clearly pretty upset at, at, at what had happened. Um, you know, we, we've talked about whether or not he's a player that's been really struggling massively with confidence. That's not going to do it any good. It, I, where where he goes from here is so hard to see isn't it like we Tony Pulis is is clearly someone that can talk to his players and and has a good relationship with his players but also clearly someone that if your card's marked a little bit there isn't really anywhere to go with him it's humiliating isn't it for a player when you get brought on as a sub and then you get taken off Uh, and so it's I think it's a big telltale sign that Wednesday in January we'll be shopping for a minimum of one striker probably two and Jordan Rhodes is not going to get a lot of game time um, you know when Wednesday get those players through the door uh, and, and I think it, it's got to the stage where he's had enough opportunities now and I get sick and tired of people saying James that he doesn't get runs in the team he's not being given a fair crack of the whip I could probably look if you looked back you could go through maybe there's been two or three times under different managers in the last four and a bit years where Jordan Rhodes has played five or five to ten games on the bounce and he hasn't delivered. So I think that's nonsense and that argument just doesn't wash with me anymore. And I think the last time was actually, if you remember, um, before Christmas after he scored the hat-trick against Nottingham Forest. And I remember there was, a, there was a period there where we were thinking, oh, maybe he's going to form a a good partnership with Stephen Fletcher. It never materialised. It didn't happen. And, and and so, yeah, he's had the chances. He's played over 90 matches for Wednesday, by the way. I know quite a few of them would have been off the bench, but it's not happened for him now and there's absolutely no evidence to suggest it's going to happen in the future. It, it's, it's hard, isn't it? But it does get towards the point where you've got to say, well, we need to draw a line under that now and and you know what whatever Tony Pulis can do in the in the window in January that's bringing players in but Jordan Rhodes clearly needs to go somewhere else if he's got anything left of his career he's yeah. got he's got to go somewhere else and, and and get that opportunity getting Jordan Rhodes the other thing I was going to add James is getting him off the wage bill that could hold the key to Wednesday maybe bringing in another player or two even if it's on loan we know that in the past, I mean, the problems that Wednesday will have shifting Jordan Rhodes uh, of his hefty wages, whatever loan fee that they would command or whatever, you know, they're not going to give him away. I mean, he's in the last year of his contract. Uh, but then if Tony Pewis thinks that Wednesday do whatever they can to move him on and then that allows him to bring new players in, then, um, you know, he'll make that case, won't he, to Dave Poncho and Siri in the hierarchy, Amadou Paxel and everybody else to say that, no, I think this is what's going to be best for the football club. And, and Wednesday are going to have to wheel and deal the best they have done in years, aren't they? 
um, in January, that is just going to be so critical to Wednesday staying in the championship that they've, they've got to get more moves right than wrong. Of course, there's, I mean, there's plenty of football to play between now and then, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, other thing about Saturday, of course, was Owls Together, um, virtual match day. Um, brilliant to see so many people getting involved in uh, that. Um, of course, we set the fundraising target of £500. We we thought it might take us you know, a little bit of time afterwards to, uh, to, to kind of make it to that target, but we did. Um, thanks in no small part to an amazingly generous donation from our friends at Wednesday Bet. So a huge huge thank you to um them the yeah, really just so so generous and 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 out of the blue uh, which meant actually on saturday morning before the game even kicked off that we'd made that 500 pounds target some other people have also donated as well and just thank you so much if you have uh, sheffield flourish sheffield mind the two mental health charities that we've been supporting through this whole kind of idea um uh, uh, over the moon in terms of um you know what what it kind of means to to them so thank you so much there is still time if you do still want to make a donation doesn't matter how big how small um you know every 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 penny every pound makes a difference so um as ever in the show notes will be the link if you do want to um chuck us a few um quid over i've actually decided this year i'm not going to do anything in terms of sending christmas cards or anything like that that was all for part of you know kind of making a donation to um to those brilliant causes um and yeah we'll come back to that we'll talk a little bit more about that later on let's move on then to uh the reading game and if if the stoke game was kind of void of any incident we had plenty of stuff that happened um against reading and this was a, a game it was a real story this game wasn't it because you know it ebbed and it flowed and wednesday got their noses ahead cracking header from um callum patterson in fact really great move lovely ball from adam reach um interested to get your views on adam reach because i know we've touched on him a little bit in terms of is he starting to hit a bit of form and again you know starting to play key roles in games both going forward and defensively as well i thought he was he he, he had a really good uh, game last night um but obviously the turning point in the game what we've got to talk about is again we've got to talk about a sending off so liam shaw getting his marching orders and a bit of debate about whether or not people think it's a red or not i think in my eyes it 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 was a red card and there's there can't be too much in terms of complaints i'm beginning to wonder whether or not sam hutchinson is zooming someone in the wednesday changing room at like half two on match day or like half an hour before kickoff and getting them really worked up so that they go out and do a hutch because that seems to be what's happening. It's just, it's unprecedented. This it's really, really crazy. Um, do do you do you have any complaints with that red card? I'm amazed there's any debate whatsoever, James. It, it was it was the most stonewall red card. You can't, as Tony Pugh has said after the match, that you can't in modern football make that tackle anymore. Uh, and if and if you go in as strong as Liam Shaw did, then you. you giving the referee a decision to make. Uh, and he won a lot of the ball, but um, it was the left leg, the downward pressure was there. But no, I, you know, he, he was not helped by, as soon as the tackle was made, that the Reading players were up in arms uh, and appealing for him to be sent off. Mind you, I think every club would do the same, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, yeah. Situation. Um and yeah, you know, it was really a bit, it was symptomatic of Liam Shaw's opening half an hour, wasn't it? Of where 
You know, he'd misplaced a pass earlier where Lucas Schwau nearly scored. Um, and it was a difficult evening for the young lad. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, Tony Pulis has spoken really you know, positively about him and praised him quite a bit, you know, after the match, even yesterday, you know, he said it was, it was a stupid, reckless challenge, but, you know, he, he thinks that he's a very talented boy. So the impression I get is that Liam Shaw is going to be a big part of Tony Pulis's plans moving forward. Um, but yeah, it's not gone his way, has it, for him in the last two matches, taken off at half-time for tactical reasons against Stoke. Uh, and then that red card, uh, he left the referee with nowhere to go. Um, and, and no, I don't think Wednesday can have any complaints whatsoever. I, I, I felt, I did feel for the lad. He, he obviously walking off the pitch, he kind of looked a little bit like like a you know five-year-old that had been sent off during uh, a, a game. Uh, it looked like he was going to burst into tears, to be fair. Um, and, and you know, obviously not not pleasant for the for the lad. I'm sure he'll learn plenty from it. Um, I thought it was quite remarkable how Tony Pulis managed to have a pop at Josh Windass for... Um, for Liam Shaw getting sent off, that was that was quite an achievement from uh, from TP. Um, other than that, then I mean, it, it, the game obviously changed very much after that. So the 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 first bit of that game up to the sending off, I think we saw probably the most positive that we've seen Wednesday play under Tony Pulis, and there were chances. Callum Patterson scored, could have maybe had a second header, obviously went wide, and other opportunities as well. And and it was all um, a lot more positive, wasn't it? No, it was um, for, I'd say, maybe a 20-minute spell. Yeah, Wednesday, the game plan, it was working a tree. Um, Shaw was playing in, the, in the, that deeper midfield role. But, uh, yeah, out wide, I mean, that was where the, the threat was coming from, wasn't it? The energy um, and the, the trickery there of Kadeem Harris um, and, and Adam Reach. Um, and yeah, I agree with you that we're starting to see signs of maybe Adam Reach returning to form. I just want him, in, I just want him to add some consistency, really. Yeah. Um, and for him to do this over a sustained period of time, that's vitally important for me. Uh, and that, you know, he scores another few goals maybe before the end of the year. Um, but yeah, he was good at Swansea and then I thought he was okay on Saturday and then really good again last night. Uh, so yeah, um, that's, those are good signs for Wednesday. And I think Kadeem Harris has done his job since coming back into the team. Yep. Um, but now, I mean, the, the, the price that they're going to pay for Reading is that they've had to play it over an hour of that match with 10 men. And so lots of energy went into that. Uh, and now they're going to be without Liam Shaw. They're going to be without Massimo Luongo, who picked up his fifth yellow card of the season. So he's suspended for Saturday. Barry Bannon's got an ankle injury, and that's why he was taken off at half-time. Bannon wanted to stay on and play through the, the pain barrier, but was overruled by Tony Pulis in no uncertain terms. Um, it's going to be a very patched-up midfield going to the leaders on Saturday. Um, so, yeah... Wednesday, three draws in a row against three of the stronger teams in the league. Um, and now they've got arguably the biggest test of, of this run. But once they get past Norwich, I and mean, what I'm clinging to, James, is then the rest of the year, 
there's there's plenty of points up for grabs and Wednesday have to be putting some wins together. They have to, you know, you look at Huddersfield, Coventry, Nottingham Forest, um, Blackburn away, was it Middlesbrough? Uh, none of them are gimmies. They're not easy, but there are teams down there in Huddersfield, Coventry, Forest, and they have to be targeting wins from them. They have to be. Uh, it's dead interesting you've got Barnsley in there as well so you've got four games in a row of Huddersfield Barnsley Coventry Forest up to uh, Christmas I mean just they are season defining that will be when we really see what what Tony Pulis can get out of these players because we can't afford excuses anymore and there may be players missing with injury there may be players missing with suspension If, if we don't get I mean I would say a minimum probably eight points from those four games, then we're going to be looking at going into Boxing Day and then into January uh, with a a huge, huge task on our hands. We really are. Um, All right, we'll chat more about those. Just let's go back to Reading in terms of the the inevitable equaliser. It was inevitable in in terms of the pressure, inevitable in terms of the fact that it was Lucas Zhao. Um, Disappointing defending, to be fair, from from that set piece, really, and and, uh, disappointing goal to to concede. Other than that, defensively, there was was a real solidity there. There was a grit, there was determination. That, That kind of fall apart that we've seen so many times from this Wednesday team wasn't there. A word as well for Joe Wildsmith, who uh, put, has put in a couple of good performances now. And there's uh, a decision to be made there as and when Kieran Westwood comes fit again. It's going to be really harsh on Joe Wildsmith to take him out of the team because he's risen to the challenge and, and he made you know a couple of saves last night that ultimately saved a point. He did. Um, and he's got to carry on producing the goods for the next four, five matches. He's got the shirt. Westwood's not going to be fit for a couple of weeks, according to Tony Pulis. So, yeah, Wildsmith, this is his chance to try and cement that position and really give Pulis a selection headache when Westwood is available. Um, And if he can carry on keeping clean sheets. And the fact is that, Wednesday have actually done well defensively this season, haven't they, James? I think it's seven clean sheets now in um, 15 matches, I think, in the league. So they've done, they've done well at the back there. Um, as we keep on saying, you know, that's a very respectable record. But yeah, you know, I, I was great to see Dominic Iorfa back as well. You know, I thought he slotted in and did a great job um, alongside uh, Tom Lees and Julian Berner, who have hit some really good form, haven't they, as a pairing themselves. Um, and right now, it appears that Pulis wants to stick with a back four. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those two at the moment, for me, it's hard to dislodge them right now. Uh, and then, I don't know, I mean, does that mean that I offer, could he go to right back? Um, or, or actually, I mean, it, I know we might come to Norwich in a bit, I wonder if it's going to be a 5-4-1 outlook, really, similar to Swansea. So maybe it is that they're going to stick with a, the three-man defence. Uh, I think they're going to pack midfield and get men behind the ball, and that will be the approach, I imagine, against the leaders. 
it's going to be such a hard game, particularly with, you know, as we've talked about injuries, suspensions, uh, you said patched up, which is probably a very nice way of, um, or a very family friendly way of describing it because where it feels like we're not far off bare bones now, doesn't it? And it's just one thing after another with, you know, injuries here and then suspensions there and stuff like that. Is there anyone that comes back into the frame on Saturday, because I can't keep up with who we've had sent off and who we've had suspended and all sorts. Is Josh Windass back? Yes, yes, he is. So, I, 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 the team I think he may go with, um, and I've got no inside knowledge on this at all, um, and, and what can change anyway uh, between now and the weekend. Um, you'd think Wildsmith in goal, and then I all for Lee's Burner, Van Aken. I offer as a back five and then your midfield. I think Patterson will drop into central midfield alongside Pelly Pessy, Reach, Harris, Windass up top. What say you, James? Uh, doesn't sound like a team that's going to score a lot of goals. No, it doesn't. This is the issue. And, and I suppose it's fresh legs. Isn't it? I mean, what what worries me going to Norwich is that Wednesday have just put in so much effort to get that point and the t- against Reading, and now the turnaround time of just over forty eight hours and a long trip away from home. Yeah, I I, I think Tony Pewis he would have made changes anyway, regardless of the situation in midfield, uh, but even more so now uh, with you know bearing in mind. Reading, um, you know, all the exploits and stuff that went into that one. What we've got to remember, and I know we've touched a little bit on it, but just to emphasise the quick turnaround, we've then got next Tuesday away at, at Huddersfield, which is, I'm not necessarily saying that you go to Norwich and just throw that game, but I, I think the Huddersfield game is more important in terms of the fact that it's some, it's a game we can get something out of and that really is kind of you know those fixtures coming fast and furious you what barely another 48 hours 72 hours or whatever it is turn around before that game on uh, a Tuesday night which kicks off this crazy period of games then over Christmas and New Year which actually is no more crazy than it has been for the last few weeks anyway for once like the they're sort of used to this the Christmas period is no busier than than it than it would be um but I don't know I mean do do you do you hold players back thinking about that Huddersfield game? We don't. I don't think we really have the luxury, do we? No, I don't think you can do that. Um, uh, Luongo will go straight back into midfield for the Huddersfield match, yeah. so you know that will be um, a, a bonus there with the fresh legs and the industry and everything that he brings, especially off the ball to midfield um, to Wednesday. Will be vitally important that night. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know Wednesday can take a lot of solace, can't they? From um, the amazing record they have at Huddersfield in the last 10 years of where they haven't conceded a goal probably to them since, what was it, 2011 or 2012 or something. So, yeah, they, uh, you know, that has been a very happy hunting ground um, for Wednesday. Uh, and, uh, you know, Huddersfield have been really up and down themselves uh, this season and haven't been able, you know, they play this um, high-octane, intense sort of brand of football um, and and they like to play out from the back, and so it'll be important that Wednesday set traps and look to press them high up the pitch, uh, so that they don't allow 
Huddersfield to get a foothold there, but they dominate the ball. Well, Huddersfield, um, you know, they have probably 60 odd percent of possession, but Wednesday will be quite happy, I think, for them to have it, let them, um, control the ball and then look to hit them on the counter. I think that will be the, the plan. Uh, and so I can see Wednesday, you know, you look at the two way games, I don't know about you, James, I, I, I'm delighted with three points, anything more than that. And it's a really good return. Yeah, the uh, if I remember correctly, Huddersfield away last season was Gary Monk's first win. In fact, I think it was his first game um, uh, after he became um, Wednesday manager. Um, so, some uh, potentially something poetic in in it maybe being Tony Pulis's first uh, win. I think, yeah, if we get anything at Norwich, it's an absolute bonus and you know, I, I probably would snatch your hand off for a nil-nil there even if it is painfully boring to watch. Um, if it's a functional nil-nil and, and keeps this little sort of unbeaten run, mini run going, great. Um, and then the attention really has got to turn to that to that Huddersfield game and, and getting something out of that because we can't keep drawing games, have we? We've got to win. You know, we, we, we can't. We're not going to stay up. We could draw every game for the rest of the season and we'd probably still get relegated. Like, we've, we've got to start turning some of them into wins and that run of, of four games uh, up to Christmas is just so, so, so important. So, um, yeah, a, a, a pivotal, another pivotal week. I think we'll get bored of saying that at some point, but it, it really does. Uh, it does feel like that, doesn't it? A um, couple of other very quick things that I wanted to mention, just going back to um, Al's together. Of course, a couple of weeks ago, we had um, Dominic on the show, who is... Um, who's written this book which kind of touches on issues around sort of mental health and a, a big um kind of wednesday element to that he is a big wednesday supporter um he organized his own kind of drop in um for for fans to um to chat on saturday which was was great highly recommend you take a look at um his book if you are looking for a present for a, a fellow wednesday fan uh it's well worth having uh, a look at there's other stuff as well um i uh was sent a copy of uh, Louis Shachaf's book, which is uh, looking back over the unusual uh, happenings of last season. Um, so that's an option as well. And, and other stuff as well. So there's plenty of things out there if you are looking for a Christmas present for the Wednesday supporting person in your life. All right, I reckon that's going to bring us to a close for this week. You can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott or contact the show at Dom and James. Big thank you to our gold partners, Taito Law Solicitors, who you can find at titolaw.co.uk. That's T-Y-T-O-L-A-W.co.uk. And mentioned them earlier. Um, also, thank you to Wednesday Bets, available to download on your smart device now. And another £1,000 up for grabs this weekend. Thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and see you next week. 